Hello, everybody. It is Saturday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, back for our weekly Steelers mock draft video with Christopher Carter, hosted the North Shore Drive, um, loves all things NFL draft. Chris, I'm excited to talk to you again. It's been a few weeks since we did uh, one of these videos together. It has been, and there's been uh, we've seen the Senior Bowl. It's been interesting to, to see how guys grow, and the Combine is just, just around the corner, so there's a lot of exciting things to talk about. We're going to be getting into some Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback. There was a uh, prominent ESPN mock draft that tied him to the Steelers this week. We're going to talk a lot about uh, some corners, um, and then we're going to get into the the linebackers and, and some of the other guys the Steelers may be, be picking down the line. So uh, make sure you're signed up for all of that. Looking forward to this video. Before we get too far into it, I want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode and every episode of the Steelers mock draft video here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube page. That's Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. All right, Chris, let's get into the Bonex talk here. Field Yates of ESPN mocked um, him to the Steelers at number 20 in the first round. Um, I wrote that I have pretty profound concerns about him in, in the printed edition of our Steelers mock draft tracker. This is a guy who's been in college for a long time, played in a lot of big games, lost a lot of them, um, including twice against Washington this past season. I think he lost at least four games in all three seasons that he was at Auburn. And listen, I understand that that you know wins and losses are, are certainly not everything when you're evaluating an NFL draft prospect, but in terms of investing a, a first round pick, Chris, I, I just I'm not sure uh, w- with regard to Bo Nix if if he's got that. Yeah, I just uh, I don't you know I don't I don't know man <laughs> like uh, you know for all the people that were complaining about you know Kenny Pickett being too old and you know and, and not being a guy who's you know, who, who's developed fast enough. Bo Nix is going to be 24 in seven day, nine days. So like you're, I feel like if you're taking Bo Nix in the first round, you're, you're, you're doing another Kenny Pickett. And, and listen, Bo Nix has good arm strength. He's a guy that can get the ball down the field. Um, You know, I like some of the things he can kind of do on the fly, but you know, he's a guy that when pressure's in his face, Sometimes he does things like spinning out, spinning out into more pressure, like Kenny Pickett has. Uh, sometimes his footwork isn't the best. Um, sometimes he misses reads, and uh, you know, like, again, he might be a solid day three pick. You know, you know, we're t- if we're talking like a like a like a fourth round pick, if the Steelers are sitting in the fourth round and they they, they could use another young arm, that would make sense. But I don't even think he's. I, I I think I'd, I'd struggle to make him a a, a day two court like a, a second round quarterback like maybe third round is where I think like is a good sweet spot to get Bo Nix. Uh, but yeah, just the things that I've seen and evaluated, and I watched him a lot this year because Oregon was really good in a lot of big games. Um, but things I've seen, I'm just I'm I don't see how the Steelers take him at twenty and think that that's a good pick. So I mean, Field Yates. Maybe he's, he's putting something there just to get some quarterback thoughts in on Pittsburgh because you know everyone's saying they got to get better at quarterback and they do need to be better at quarterback. I don't think the answer is getting uh, you know this year's version of what people say Kenny Pickett the, the bad parts of Kenny Pickett. 
Yeah, that was the part that I didn't really get about the explanation. Was he? He was basically saying, "Well, Kenny Pickett seems to have a ceiling, so we're gonna we're gonna prescribe a, a guy who like profile who also has the ceiling, <laughs> right? Exactly, and I mean that's what I feel like he he has. I, I don't want to bag on the guy too much, but um, right. I, I think the the most of his argument was structured around his stats, and that the stats are pretty pretty great, Chris. I think it was forty five touchdowns against just three picks in his senior season, and then set uh, some kind of NCAA record for completion percentage, you know, in, in a large sample size. It's something like 77.4, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't sneeze at that. And and I think some people would say Patrick Mahomes was a guy who did not win in college either, um, per se, and then he goes to the NFL. But he put up big numbers, and, and you could kind of see it with him, goes to the NFL in the right system, um, you know, starts lighting things up. My counter argument would be that Patrick Mahomes was like 20, 21. And, right. and that by the time he was the age Bo Nix is now, he had already been named NFL MVP once. Um, but let's just let's just leave the age out of it for a second, Chris. Is it possible that that you know a guy who is statistically great could make a leap in the right system and, and the right situation? Um, you know, whether that's Arthur Smith and the Steelers or someone else. Yeah, I just I'm not I'm not big on. Uh, on Bo, on Bo Nix be, being being there, um, you know Michael Penix is another conversation, but I like you know Penix injury history is a big red flag to me. Um, yeah, I just I I think the Steelers it was it was interesting to give Kenny Pickett a shot at being one of the you know the the older quarterbacks that benefited from uh, from you know the, the the COVID year, which you know these you know some of these guys still are, um, but. I think the Steelers they took their they took their shot with that kind of a quarterback. Um, and listen, quarterbacks that position in the draft where you only have to hit it one time and that can make a whole career. But I just I'm I don't feel confident about if I was to put if I was to put my my betting chips on a on a on a number on the roulette table and that number was Bo Nix, I would not uh I'd not feel confident about that bet. I know you talked about this a little bit with Brian on Friday's North Shore Drive, so. If- any of you watching this video haven't seen that, go ahead, check out Friday's North Shore Drive for, for more of that conversation. But um, what would you say to someone that says that you, you just have to be at the roulette table to, to actually have a chance to win? And then if you're not confident, well, I don't even want to say not confident in Kenny Pickett, but you want to have someone who has the potential to be a future asset, whether it's Bo Nix, whether it's Justin Fields, which any of these guys that we're talking about. Um, and, and that there's there's some folly in I, I, some of this conversation we've had of not bringing someone in who is a meaningful um, you know competitor um, and maybe because I, I think I've fallen into that trap myself, Chris. And in my writing, I'm like, listen, get a, get a quarterback on day two, maybe day three, and, and bring someone in. Is there something to be said for it? Number twenty, should we be talking about quarterback a little bit more, like some of these national pundits are? You know, I, I feel like. If this was if the Steelers didn't have other concerns as well, maybe my big thing is this, and I've said this several times. So you know, just to look at my early look at this offseason, I think this is a year where the Steelers can get a lot right. Uh, you know, by picking the right center, finishing the offensive line, a center and a tackle. Um, you know, adding another really good defensive piece, adding a playmaker wide receiver type prospect in this draft class who can play as the third wide receiver this year or the fourth wide receiver if Calvin Austin uh, improves um, and have the, there's so many other things you could do here other than taking a, a, a wild gamble at quarterback. You know, if, if Jaden Daniels falls down to 20, which I think there's don't think there's much chance of that's a different story. Then I'm like, 
okay, we're talking about something. That that's a that's a first round quarterback in my in my opinion. He he's that he's that kind of a guy. Um, but if, if you're talking about day two quarterback picks, those don't always work too great. And I, I feel like if you're going for those, you know, listen, sometimes you got to gamble. But I feel like if the Steelers hit this year like they did last year with Broderick Jones playing really well, Joey Porter Jr. playing really well, Keanu Benton playing really well, Darnell Washington, Nick Herbig doing well, Isaac Sayamalo being a good free agent addition. If they can have another group like that with the draft and free agency this season, they could put themselves in the position where 2025 comes along. Your offensive line is set for years to come. Your backfield is set. Your target, your, 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 you maybe need like one more target in the wide receiver room if you don't pay Deontay Johnson to stick around. Um, you know, your tight ends are good. Your defensive line, maybe you add like one piece there, but your corners are good because you've gotten a good corner this year. Like I'm saying, if they, if they figured all those things out, that could be the year where you say you're, you're not just taking a wild stab at 20th overall at, you know, the slim pickings of the quarterbacks that remain. You're, you you can afford to trade up because people forget like the Chiefs had to trade up to get Mahomes. They weren't just sitting 10th overall that year and and, and just being like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, that's totally where, you know, where we're going to, you know, where, where we're going to take him. They had to trade up to get him. They had to be ag- aggressive in doing so. And that, if you remember wrong, that was the that was the 2017 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. So the 2017 NFL draft, the year before they were 12 and four won the division and in fact they had just lost to the to the Steelers in the playoffs in the after being the one seed um so like the, the Steelers absolutely could go trade up and go get that guy if they if they think that guy is there in a draft class next year but i think part of it is making sure that roster is solidified before making that big jump at a player and players like Bo Nix, Michael Penix they don't scream off the board, make the jump for those types of guys where you can get a center like Jackson Powers Johnson or a corner like Terry and Arnold or, you know, a, a, you know any of the linebackers that were to Edron Cooper, Peyton Wilson. Like, there's so many pieces that they could do a lot with right now than just taking a, a, a very wild gamble uh, on, a, on the quarterback position. I think you said my last question here on the quarterbacks pretty well, though, Chris, which is I've seen some discourse in some places that the 2025 quarterbacks aren't very good. Um, And and I just wonder sometimes whenever you say hear someone say that, usually they're talking about the guys at the top. Sometimes they're not talking about the guys in the range that you'd expect the Steelers to be picking. How do you assess anything that's after that Caleb Williams, Drake May, possibly Jaden Daniels situation at the top. I mean, do you think there's a whole lot of meaningful difference from between the guys the Steelers can get this year and the guys they might be able to get next year? Um, Cause, cause I think if you take those three guys out of it, it changes, it changes your you know opinion of what this quarterback class is really like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, sure, you could see next year and not feel confident about guys. You know, there's a lot of questions about guys like Shador Sanders and 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 players like that. 
Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they, maybe that won't be the, the class to get it, but you know what? Maybe you can use that to trade, to get a quarterback from somewhere else. You know, maybe that's the year to go get Justin Fields in, in, in that situation. But I just, again, I look at, a, there's a lot of opportunity if the Steelers stand pat and get, make a lot of additions here. And again, like you just got a coordinator whose offensive system made Ryan Tannehill a pro bowler who made that a top 10 offense with Ryan Tannehill at the helm. Um, and you know, you have a big back in Najee Harris, like they have a big back, they had a big back in Derrick Henry. I, I think they have a chance to have a better offensive line than the Titans did uh in, in the in those in those years that they were there. I, I think there's room to have a non-MVP like quarterback and have standard quarterback play and the Steelers be really good this season. Because I mean, heck, you saw at the end of the season when Mason Rudolph just kind of played. At the at the level at the line, like they were they were a pretty tough team to beat in those situations, um, and, and so I I just I don't I don't think that this is the year to make that jump. And again, if Jane Daniels falls in your lap, that's a different story. That yeah, that's not that's not that's like you know you know anybody falling in your lap. Like well, that changes the situation. You know, Cam Hayward was not supposed to fall to thirty one when they took him. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, and that's why I just I, I think it's an overstated thing. And you know what? If 2025 ain't the year to draft the quarterback, then you know use other capitals to find other means for that. Um, but I just I, the the gamble this year, and again on a guy like Bo Nix, like again you're a retre, you're retreading the Kenny Pickett idea. And if you didn't if you don't like it this time, why are you investing another pick? And then you you get a Bo Nix, okay, then you miss the chance of getting Bo Nix as center, which was probably the better weapon, uh, you know, probably the better piece of of that Oregon offense. Uh, between the two of them so uh, again i just i i think there's there's always you know different sides of the scale when you're weighing what to how to make a decision i just feel like the side of not going all out to take a quarterback or taking over drafting a quarterback like picking bo Nix in the first round i feel like there's a lot more weight on that side to not do that versus doing that i'm right there with you chris let me ask you real quick though where does where does in your lap begin for the steelers if if Jaden daniels is at 15 if his, he's at 13 what's the number in, in mind where you'd say maybe this is worth trading up for as long as it's not worth tra- like giving up a second round pick because if they get a quarterback if they let's say Jaden daniels falls down to to, to tw- you know into that range if they can find a way to move up and keep that second round pick at 51 or 52 whatever it is then I think then, then then you're like okay if we feel like that's the guy go get the guy, um, but I but I feel like if they do that they have to also have a second round pick this year because they have too many other needs to not address it they need to find another corner at some point and they might get that in free agency but if they get a cornerback in free agent free agency that means they probably didn't get a center probably didn't get a tackle probably didn't get another defensive lineman to, to add to that group Pro- probably still have questions about what they're going to do at linebacker we're not sure about how those guys' injuries are healing. Um, you know, I I think this team needs to be looking at safety as well. Like that, that's the thing. There's so many other re- reasonable needs that you know you they they can. I don't think the Steelers are in a position to trade away a lot of picks to get one guy. I think that if they do it right this season, the next couple of years, that's the range to do that. You set up corner pretty well here. We're going to talk about a number of corners. Um, I want to start with Quinion Mitchell. He's a Ray Fittipaldo favorite. Uh, Trevor Sakema of PFF mocked him to the Steelers this week. Um, you were involved in the big board that has him as the number two Steelers option, which if you aren't familiar with our big board, and I'll include the link down in the description. Um, we basically took off the players that we don't think the Steelers are going to get the opportunity to draft, right? 
and and then kind of ranked what was left. And we had Quinion Mitchells as the number two corner. Talk to me about his game and why he is rising so fast. So I actually did the cornerback section, and um, that's that's part of what's cool there. Now I did corner a little differently than Ray and Brian did theirs because I honestly think this cornerback class has so many guys that can go all over the place right now. Like Terry and Arnold is my number one corner right now, but there are people who have Terry and Arnold falling down into like the mid twenties as, as, as a first round pick. There's people that have Quinn and Mitchell following, following that low. There's people that have Cooper DeGene following that low. And it's just, it's a wide range of there's no consensus yet. And when I see that, I'm like, things still need to be proven. The combine still needs to happen. We still need to, to learn more about these guys. So uh, that's why all the cornerbacks are basically on my list, but Quinn and Mitchell, why he's number two, this guy's explosive. He's fast. He's a great athlete. There's a chance that he could be the superstar of the combine this year. And at six foot, 196, he's the right size, the right. And if he shows that he has the right speed, I love his playmaker ability, his ability to go and go up and get the ball. Guy broke up 14 different passes this, this, this past year. Um, that's the third most among college cornerbacks. Um, I think that he has the athleticism and the ball skills to play with big dogs in the NFL. That's why I made him my two. And I think that if he runs great at the combine, he will once he, he will be in that even more so in that conversation there. There's already people saying that they'll take him first overall uh, not first overall as all the picks, but first, uh, you know, there's some people saying that he'll be the first cornerback off the board. I don't know about that just yet, but I do think that he's earned the, the hype that he's getting right now. And uh, I'm very excited to see him uh, not just, perform at the combine but his demeanor at the combine because that was where you know i got the first look for guys like uh uh keanu benton where i was like oh that guy screams mr steeler and i i'm intrigued to see how a lot of these guys do when we get them behind a microphone what do you think has helped him really boost the stock here in, in the in the short term because when we started doing these mock drafts a little over a month ago i mean the mock draft tracker he was kind of like a day two type of guy mm-hmm. down to the senior bowl impresses a lot of people including ray um what do you think specifically has happened in this short period of time to get him from being a day two to almost a consensus first round guy? Well, we've got to remember a lot of the people that are doing the mock draft trackers or, or the mock drafts that you're tracking. And a lot of these people that do some of these guys are like Jordan Reed of ESPN, Jordan Reed. That's all he does. You know, like he's, he's on the NFL draft. He's doing, but some of these guys, they pay so much attention to the NFL during the year and they, they'll watch college football, but they're not putting together their big boards at that point in time. They're still, they're thinking over who's going to win the Super Bowl, how, how which teams are going to get there. And then, when we get to draft season, when the season's over, then they're starting to look at things. And I think what's starting to happen is that people are looking at Quinn, Quinn and Mitchell's tape and they're like, oh, that translates. Oh, that I could I could see him making that in the NFL, making that happen in the NFL. And I think that that's what's starting to happen is people are catching up. That, that, that's how I operate. I, you know, covering pit football, pit basketball at Steelers and then looking at the NFL draft. I don't got time to study these guys all season long. I, I make notes when I'm watching games like, oh, I'll remember to this game and I'll look the look up the all 22 on this game to see if I can find out, you know, just how good he was in, in this situation. But I'm not, I'm not. That's why when people ask me during the season, I'm like, buddy. Don't ask me nothing now. Like, wait, give me until like mid mid February. Is like right now is when I start to assemble my big board thoughts. And the, even now, it's still not a finished product because there's so much tape to grind and there's so much you know things. There's so many things to study and compare and contrast before I'm settled on like, hey, this is my ranking. This is where I think they should go. But Quinya Mitchell, right now, I think what people are doing, they saw him perform well at the Senior Bowl. They saw him do well against other top wide receivers, and they saw him flash a lot there. And they're going back and liking his tape, and they're like, "Hmm, rise him up." But here's the thing: 
you know, there's a lot of guys who could do the same thing. Peyton Wilson out of NC State, uh, you know, if he if he tests off the wall in the combine the way I think he will, because that guy can hit some really high top speeds, he'll be a guy that goes from a, a late third round linebacker to maybe an early third round or even second round linebacker. It's just there's guys across the board that um that that benefit from people just getting closer looks at them and that's all that is when when you see guys rising and falling we're just getting more information on them and that's influencing a lot of the people who are who, who talk about this kind of stuff another cornerback that was on uh the big board i think he was number five that was mocked by grant podell of cbs this week to the steelers was nate wiggins from clemson uh, he was going in that 15 to 20 range in a lot of mocks that that i tracked um, give me a little bit of a scouting report on him, Chris, and, and how you think he fits into this mix of guys who, who could be available to the Steelers. I, I like him because I, I think that he, you know, he with, with his size, he's the prototype of what the Steelers are doing at cornerback. Joey Porter Jr., Darius Rush, Corey Trice. They're all 6'2 with long arms and great speed. That's very much who Nate Wiggins is. Uh, he has lots of experience, first team all ACC. Um, you know, his his numbers and coverage are great. Quarterbacks have a passer rating of 44.4 when they're throwing it at, at, at him. Um, and I think he only allowed it like 18 receptions, Chris, which is exactly. kind of consistent with, with the Joey Porter statistical model as well. Right. And that's what I'm saying is that if the Steelers wanted to double up on a Joey Porter type of cornerback, him and Kamari Lasseter of Georgia are two guys that fit that mold very well, in my opinion. Um, and, and look, the Steelers don't have to because, you know, sometimes you want the guy that's like that that denies the coverage or denies the ball. And, and, and sometimes you want the guy that is a little bit risky. Sometimes you want when you have that guy on one side of the field, you want the other guy who's playing cornerback on the outside to be the playmaker, to be the the ultimate turnover man who, who who's good at jumping the passes, but might give up a play here, here or there. Uh, but they're so elite at doing that, that, that it, it is a legit threat that they could intercept the ball on on, on any given pass. Um I think that that's where uh, you see a guy like him or a guy like, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry out of uh, out of Alabama. You know, he didn't have a lot of college inter interceptions. Granted, I, I think McKinstry gives up more big plays than Wiggins, and that's why I ranked Wiggins over McKinstry. Uh, but uh, certainly, if they get Nate Wiggins, the Steelers are going to be very happy about their cornerback situation. And, and in fact, I'd even compare it to the Browns uh, secondary where they have Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom, And I, it's like, you know, those two guys – they're a problem every time on on, on the field. And they're they're a, they're a, as big a part of that defense as Miles Garrett is as a duo uh, compared to his 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 one player value. And like that's where the Steelers, if they can get two pillar cornerbacks that just take away the passing game against a lot of teams with the rest of their defense going, that could be a huge piece. So like don't don't overlook the idea of the Steelers going corner in the first round, even though we all know they they need a center, they want to tackle. There's there, there's a lot of other things they can get, but corner and some of these guys that, that, that we put in our top five, they're all going to be very interesting if they fall into that 20 range for the Steelers. Chris, you guys mentioned on the big board a little bit of concern about his speed. Um, if Let's say he doesn't completely light up, but he just kind of you know runs an average time at, at the combine. Do you still like the package enough to say, hey, he, 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 he makes sense at number 20 for the Steelers? Um, he might, it, it, but it always depends on who falls there. And I think that's, you know, that sounds like the, the chalk answer is, is we'll see, but, uh, like, you know, Nate, if Nate Wiggins is at 20 versus Jackson powers, Johnson, that's a tough pick right there because I love Jackson powers, Johnson, his ability at center. I think he would 
be a huge need with a huge fit for the Steelers, but is that better than getting a corner who you think could be the long-term answer at corner next to Joey Porter Jr. versus the long-term answer at center that you've been missing since Marquise Pouncey retired? That's going to be a big question for the Steelers. But I, I think Nate Wiggins, his value, yeah, 20th. Because I, I think he, I think I also think it's very likely he's off the board before the Steelers even pick. Um, you know, it depends on, on what people like him. And, and yeah, like I wrote uh in, in the in the the big board, you know, a lot of this is gonna depend on how well he does at the combine. If his if his 40 yard dash is like as long as it's not like in the high four fives, even if it's like if it if it can be like a, a four, even a four four eight, a four four nine. First round pick probably gone before the Steelers pick, but if he's a, if he's a four five like a like a four five one in that range, maybe teams look at him and they're like, yeah, I don't know, and then the Steelers could say, hey, you know what? He's so good technically that the speed won't be an issue. That's what Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden wasn't a, a burner when he was in his prime. Uh, he was a really technically sound cornerback who, who put himself in the position uh, to win more uh, so many more so much more often than not. So uh, if Nate Wiggins can be that for the Steelers, they'd be happy to have him. Chris, I also wanted to ask, you mentioned Cooper DeGene earlier. You m- mentioned that there's a lot of guys who, you know, have positional flexibility in this draft. Um, is it fair to think of, of Cooper DeGene as, as kind of like a Brian Branch type? Because I know there were a lot of Steelers fans who loved the Brian Branch package last year. Do you look at him as that type, or do you say there's no really just one guy like that in this draft? There's multiple guys that, that could do the same type of thing. I still have to look around at some of the other guys that can be tweeners between the positions. I mean, I think Cooper DeGene is the ultimate example because he showed he's shown that he can do it at a high level playing at all the different spots. And that's kind of the proven one. I also think he has the chance to have a great combine and put himself into the top 10 category. So like, you know, there's a lot of the good things that could go for Cooper DeGene. I don't know if there's another player who plays like that, you know, a guy, not necessarily a, an outside corner, but a safety, uh, Tyke Smith out of Georgia. He's a guy, when I looked at his coverage numbers and where he lined up, uh, you know, he, sometimes he lined up as the deep safety. Sometimes he was the strong safety uh, in the box, but he was really good lining up in the slot and just running man to man with guys. And like, Having a guy who can do that is very valuable in a defense because then you can send him out in a package and you can line him up deep. You can line him up everywhere. And offenses, they can't just look at a guy who's in the huddle and say, oh, you know, this, this guy over here, he's he's definitely going to line up in this spot. We're going to plan to take him away here. When you have more guys that are flexible, that can move around, it makes it so much harder to game plan against you because then if I'm the if I'm the offense and I want to get this matchup, I want to get, say, you know, say I'm uh, – same on the Bengals. And I want to get Jamar Chase specifically, uh, you know, on the side of the field where I think uh, Devontae KZ is going to line up because it's safety. I think that he's not the best situation. And not to pick on Devontae KZ, I'm just naming a name. If you put, if you have a guy, you know, say Devontae KZ, you know, can play multiple roles. Like let's say they get Tyke Smith. You could all of a sudden say, okay, we want Tyke Smith to line up. But, oh, wait, he's covering our slot receiver and make if it's Patrick's over top of him while, you know, another safety's on the other side of the field. What what do we do? like? Okay, that's completely different. We got to scrap this plan. We got to adjust. And then all the while they're doing that, the play clock's running. The, the quarterback's thinking. They're 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 going over things. And then that's when you can get some wires to to get crossed, and you catch the, the teams in a mistake. So that's why that flexibility is really important. So players that can play multiple roles, especially on defense, uh, absolutely, you want to take a look at them. Look at how good they play one role because you want to make sure that they can at least master one of those roles. But if they have if they're great at one role and good at others. That's always a plus. 
Going to ask you about one more corner here in a second before we get into a little bit of linebacker talk, uh, talk sure. Chris. Before we do, just want to shout out another sponsor, Pitt Johnstown. It's a Pitt quality education with up close and personal learning, a top ranked Northeast public college by U.S. News and World Report. Generous scholarships and financial aid are available, located on 655 picturesque acres with easy access to the city center, including shopping and dining, a vibrant campus life with an active D2 athlete community. Check out Pitt Johnstown today. Um, Chad Reuter of NFL.com had an interesting three-round mock draft. Um, just to wrap up the corner talk, I'm going to go with um, the third-round pick he had in that mock, which was TJ Tampa out of Iowa State. Um, is he a name that's, that's on your radar at all? Because I looked at him and I saw the same kind of things we're talking about here, Chris, in terms of the size package and all of that. Um, but I think his analytics were like a little worse than a guy like Wiggins, but they still made you say, this guy looks pretty solid, especially if you can get him, you know, in the third round as opposed to, you know, spending a first round pick when where maybe you want to address that tackle or center, maybe quarterback if Jaden Daniels falls or something like that. Um, what, what's your assessment of, I guess, him individually and then maybe the types of corners the Steelers could get in that range? Um, are there still guys that interest you? I mean, there's there's definitely guys that, that interest me. You know, TJ Tampa – um, another guy, 6'2", 200 pounds along the, the, the size of the prototype. But I think that he's more of the old school style of cornerback the Steelers like. Like He's a really good tackler. He does have ball skills. But he's more of a zone coverage guy from what, I, what, what I've seen. Like He's not a guy that you put man on man to man, don't look at the quarterback, stare down this receiver, just step for step, you take that guy out of the picture. That's not necessarily TJ Tampa's uh, a specialty there. And – uh, over the past this this past year, the Steelers have been deploying more man coverage. They had fifty seven percent of their defense uh, was was man, man coverage, um, and, and in recent years, they've tried to play more and more man coverage. Uh, you know, over over the years. Um, so uh, when when I look at that, uh, I I see uh, um, I, I see a team that is that that's trying to transition to this a lot more. Um, you know, over, over time. So I look at the Steelers and what they're trying to do. And I just think that with Joey Porter Jr., you want another man type corner on the outside. So you can play more man. And so I don't think TJ Tampa's necessarily the, um, uh, uh, the guy that, 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 that you want there, but I think there's other guys that you could pick there. I don't think you need to get corner in the first round. This is a deep cornerback class. Um, you know, I think if they were able to get, uh, you know, a guy that Ray mocked to the to the Steelers, Mike Sandrist, Mike Sandristill of uh, of Michigan. You know, he's a smaller guy, but he's a guy that could that, that could play in there a little bit. I really like Max Melton out of out of Rutgers. I love Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon, another Oregon prospect that I think when he's 6'3, 195. Like I think that he absolutely fits the prototype of what the Steelers want. Um, so there, there's plenty of guys that you can get in this draft that not just in the first or second rounds, who I think could be really good corners. Uh, for the long term, if they if they work out the way they're projected to work out, so uh, part of that just keep looking at keep looking at the guys who can go one on one and take away wide receivers. I think that'll be a difference maker there. Chris, I'm going to get you out of here with some linebacker talk. That Chad Reuter draft was really interesting to me because he had uh, uh, Trevin Wallace, the Kentucky linebacker, going to the Steelers in the first round. No one else I found this week had him in the first round. Yeah. Had a Marius Mims going to them at like 51 or whatever it is in the second round that the Steelers got. I said, man, there's not a mock I can find that doesn't have a Marius Mims going in the first round. So the order seemed maybe if you just flip the order by accident or something. But I, I looked at the the Trevin Wallace package because I haven't done a whole lot of reading on, on the linebackers in this class 
yet, but he's young. I think he's going to be 21. He's 20 yeah. right now. He's physical, um, good in coverage. That he needs to get better in terms of recognition against the run. But right. I looked at most of that and I said that that kind of screams Steelers linebacker to me. Um, what's your scouting report on him if he's more of a day two type of guy? If he's a day two type of guy, I think it makes a lot more sense. Did they yeah, first round? I'm not I'm not sold on Trevin Wallace being being that guy. Um, I, my my top linebacker in this year is Edgerin Cooper out of Texas A&M. I think that he portrays all those traits that you're talking about with Wallace and is a better athlete. I could be wrong there. We'll see at the combine. Um, but just based off of what I've seen, like Wallace is a guy that's on my radar for like the Steelers want to take one, like the third or fourth round. I think that's where you take a guy like Wallace, but, but like personally, I love Peyton Wilson out of NC state, man. That dude had four interceptions. He's six, four, he can hit, he can run, he can cover. He has great instincts, those type of things. Um, those are the type of things that, that I look for. I, you know, Trevin Wallace, I think has certainly some things to that, 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 that really work in his favor, um, as uh, as as a linebacker, and I think he could even be like you know if he was picked by the Steelers, I think fans would really appreciate him. But at the same time, I just don't think that he's worth the first round pick. And I'm right with you on Marius Mims. I don't see any way Mims gets out the first round. Like he like Broderick Jones. I'm not saying that he is Broderick Jones, but like Broderick Jones, um, he's a guy who has a lot of rawness to him, and he could fall down to the end of the first end of the first round. But I don't think he falls all the way down to where the Steelers naturally pick in the second round. I just don't don't see that happening yeah same so I, I just wonder if things got flipped there somewhere in the uh the editing process uh chris any final thoughts on on anything you noticed patterns in mock drafts this week um any tape you watched that, that you found interesting before we sign off here um still still putting things together there but i do think it's going to be interesting to see where the steelers try to address defense first because you can say cornerbacks a need you can say defensive lines and you can say every position's a need right now in defense and not because they're bad at those positions but because they need youth at, at somewhere on the defense and um I, I wouldn't rule out like like defensive line they they need to find Keanu Benton's partner for the future uh corner they need to find Joey Porter Jr's partner for the future linebacker they need just a young body in the linebacker room i think that with all the older guys there safety they need to find the guy who's really going to pair with Minka Fitzpatrick so he can go back to playing center fielder more often instead of lining up in 20 different positions in the defense so um defense needs to like, be open minded about defense being early some of your earlier picks if you're if you're the Steelers um, and if you're Steelers fans and you're doing the mock drafts, take that into account when you're when you're looking to assemble who you think will come to the Steelers because defense is very much going to be on the table just as much as offense. All right, Chris. Well, you're going to be back on Monday with the North Shore Drive. So if, if you're just checking us out for the first time, you can get Chris Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the North Shore Drive podcast. So subscribe to the channel. If you enjoyed this video, please help us out. Like, Give us a like in uh, the YouTube algorithm. I'll be back next week on Wednesday for the Penn State uh, football podcast with Seth Engel. Thursday with uh, Paul Zeiss. And then next Saturday, I'll be back. I think probably, I think it's Brian's turn here on the uh, NFL mock draft tracker. So lots of, lots of talk coming back. Chris, I'm looking forward to maybe in a couple of weeks, um, some combine talk. You and I can, can chop it up a little bit more, but this was fun. Absolutely. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com. <laughs>